0: Happy Friday! I hope that you have had the most amazing week. Today's episode is not only the last of the year, but it is the last of season 9. I don't know if it was just me, but it just seemed as if this season just took a lot longer. But what I will say, you guys have been doing a lot of sprinkle, sprinkle of Energy, of support. I mean, my numbers, y'all guys are just showing up and showing out. And I just want to say thank you. Um, We're going to talk about some 2024 goals and things, but I just, I'm excited and I'm so grateful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot thank you enough. If this is your first time tuning into Conversations with Toy, welcome. I try to keep this space as Cool, common collective as possible. Um, this space is going to be about mental health and self care and how we can do better taking care of ourselves each and every single day. And with that being said, if there's ever a trigger warning, I will always give that, uh, prior to the episode. Today's episode does not need one. We are closing out 2023. This is the last episode of the year. It is all of the things. And I'm just excited. Now, before I get too deep into this conversation, I have to talk about something that happened this week. I need to preface that one, I'm not going to give a lot of details because this is an active ongoing investigation, but I was the victim of road rage this week. Now, I know my tone and my voice sounds like everything is just a okay, but it's not. And let me tell you why. One, I've never felt so scared. In a long time, I won't say in my whole life, but I will say in a long time, um, being a victim of road rage is never good. It's never a happy moment. My stress levels and anxiety have gone sky high. Um, I missed some events because of it, because I just couldn't recover. And it's simple. I think everybody would understand. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into detail. So if you're looking for the details, you just have to wait. And so this investigation is over and I get through this part of it, but My God, Um, it really shook my whole foundation this week. And I'm not afraid or ashamed to say that I was scared. You know, sometimes we always have to, you know, especially being a black woman, you have to just kind of put on this badge of honor, like, I'm okay, I'm strong, I knew what to do. Yeah, no, Um, I definitely did what I could to try to keep myself alive. And that's all I can say on that particular part of it. But I was scared. I felt scared. I felt to myself like, I might not make it home um, this is how this was going to all end. And it's, it's an uncanny feeling. Like I have never had anything like this happen to me. And, um, so we'll just have to see how the investigation shakes up. The police officers that I have worked with so far and talked to have been amazing. And I'm hoping that this will continue so that we can get some type of resolve and that charges will be able to be not only filled or filled out or But I hope that they stick and are favorable for myself Outside of that, um, Christmas holiday has come And it has gone for those who celebrate I know many of us, especially moms, are just excited Just excited for the mom magic to be over Um, You know, moms, especially some dads You know, we do a lot to see Our kids smile to be happy or to have those little magical moments those memories that you make and you know When they get older when my kids get older. I hope they'll be just like me It's like you don't realize the amount of energy that it takes to pull off things like this and so To all the moms and dads who pulled it off one more year And this is regard irregardless if you believe in santa Listen, i'm not about to start debating somebody about whether or not their kids should or shouldn't believe in santa I don't understand how y'all get on these internets and start arguing with folks that can't pay your bills about stuff that don't make no sense to me. And that in the larger scheme of things really ain't that serious is really not that deep is really not that life changing, but it could just be me. Um, But we are now into the end of the year. And I did a recap. If you follow me on socials as toy time blog, that's T O I T I M E B L O G um, if you follow me on socials as that name on, across all the socials, you will notice that oftentimes when you go to recap your year, it's like a lot. And especially for me being a content creator, I honestly just was like, which memory do I even showcase? Because I've had a lot of wins this year and I've had some losses. I've had some lessons that I needed to learn. And I'll say more my losses have been more lessons, um, especially with dealing with billing and sending people invoices you know, everybody wants to work for themselves until it's time to collect that money. And it's great when stuff is automatic. But when you have to actually send an invoice out for your time and bill people for billable hours, and you send all these things out and folks is acting like they're on the short bus, they don't understand that they have a thing that they have to pay, like you received a, a service and you're, you're forgetting you have to pay for it. It's the strongest, it's the, it's, it's the worst, to be honest with you, it's the worst. Because, it's like why do I have to chase you for something you you received the service, you know you got you got the service and the service was done well. Why are you why are you not paying? Um, this year, I, well I won't say but this year. I was saying November I decided to stop playing these games especially when it comes to my invoicing and now I've automatically put in a late fee straight off the gate. So I emailed every person that I work with and I gave them a letter letting them know that starting January 1st, that there would be a late payment putting in automatically, that I'm no longer chasing people. Um, If I have to chase you for your first, you know, when you get to that late fee day, I'm putting that late fee on and I'm not doing any work until the original bill and the late payment is paid. In addition, you only have two times to do that with me, meaning you only have two times to technically be late. After that second time, I will be ending severing relationships. And this is the reason why. One, because it's common courtesy to pay your bills on time. I mean, where what are we, where are we at where we can negotiate our bill day to the point where you can let people just be on the hook, waiting, waiting, and waiting. And I'm tired of sending out two and three emails. So I went on Canva because, you know, me and Canva, we go together. And if you're a content creator or just people who like to do things on the internet, you need to have a Canva account. And I would suggest you go pro. It is worth every dollar to go pro for me. And I went on there and created all my things with all of my colors of my business and all of my logos. I did all those things. I sent out the official letter. I've had no, I'm anticipating no problems, but should I have to anticipate any issues? We'll we'll cross that road when we get there. Not to mention, be honest with you, um, especially for the small businesses that I work with, I'm literally undercutting myself. I'm already undercutting myself now after six months. And I said this in the letter, I will be reevaluating. Some of these services is going to the price is going to have to go up, right? The prices is is going to have to go up because my time becomes valuable. I'm not going to get 10 small companies to compensate for one. I'm just going to up the price and those who stay will stay and those who don't. But I gave everybody a six month notice Um, because you know you want to handle your business as much and that's, you know, handle your business and do what you're supposed to do, you know, all the things. So I did that. Um, but let's talk about goals. Listen to me, whether you believe in resolutions, right? Some of y'all can't keep a promise to yourself to just handle certain things and really resolutions goals. They're all about basically keeping the promise to yourself. Some of y'all waiting on making, you know, um, demands to your significant other if they don't marry you by a certain date you're going to leave you're not going nowhere because if you really felt that way or you was really about that life you would learn to make an ultimatum to yourself never telling your partner what the date is make an ultimatum to yourself and leave honor yourself and leave now the fact that you can't do that but you'd rather put the ultimatum on the other person says everything I need to know Resolutions and goals are there to help focus your thoughts They help you to focus the goals that you say you have Whether that's losing weight Whether that's getting better at communicating with your your children Whether that's whatever the goal may be I want to talk about some of the goals that we miss I think it's easier in some respects to see what you see in the mirror If I look at myself in the mirror, I could say, I don't like the way that my hair is. Maybe I'm going to just branch out and do a new haircut. Maybe I don't like the weight that I'm carrying. So I'm going to eat a little healthier. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to tone in certain places. I can look at myself in the mirror. And for the most part, I can see physically the things that I do not like about myself that I want to change, right? And so when people make their resolutions, oftentimes they'll go and they'll write down these physical attributes and things that they want to change. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. If there's something that you want changed, then go ahead and do what you have to do to fix it, fix it. Right. I'm all for that, especially when you can do it without being as invasive as possible. Right. Go and do you. But then there are the things that when you look at yourself in the mirror, you don't get to see, you don't get to always recognize. Like if you're looking at somebody else, right. Looking at somebody else that, you know, you look at their physical, you can even give them a list of things that you think they should fix. Right. Um, but when you look at them, you may not know all of the things that are inside of them that needs to be fixed and how much more ourselves. Sometimes we turn a blind, a blind eye to the things that we know about ourselves that we know that needs to be fixed. You know, think about it. How do you interact with the people that are around you in your inner circle? For me, it would be my husband, my three children, my business partners, things like that. Now, when I think about those things, I think about how do I respond to them? You know, if I'm coming in the house and I'm always short with my husband, or if I'm screaming and hollering at my children, those are things that are inner work, right? That's not something physical. They may come out the way that they come out might be physical, like in the yelling, but it's the inner things that need to be worked to be worked on. And so some of the goals that I feel like we miss is we don't always think about the inner work that has to be done. You know, when I started to go to therapy, that's when I recognized like, you know, why do I respond? Why do I yell? Why do I get so worked up? These are things that I had to explore. And in exploration, I had to come to the revolution like, okay, you know what? Maybe it's because of whatever the case may be. But the inner work of their goals for 2024 is what you need to be focused on. How can you show up and be your best version of yourself? What are the things that only you know that you go through in your mind? And you know, like, sometimes people may say, I want to be less anxious. And somebody would say, that's not a real goal. Ma'am, sir, that is a real goal. How can I reassure myself in the moments when I feel the most stress that whatever I am feeling can be a temporary feeling so that I don't overreact and have less stressful moments? That is a goal. It's always a goal, right? How can I experience anxiety, but not have everybody absorb my anxiety in 2024. Like that's actually an actual real goal. In case you were wondering, that's actually one of my real goals. How can I absorb and recognize my anxiety levels without other people having to absorb the impact of how my anxiety shows up? No one should have to take the blow of your responses because you're dealing with anxiety or you have whatever level of mental health care that you're dealing with, right? We do know that people do absorb it, but we should be working on how to become less to the point where we're impactful, less with negative attributes, If you find yourself berating your spouse, meaning you don't respect your spouse, and the way that you speak to them is almost childlike, the way that you act towards them is mean-spirited, you want to control every aspect of what they do. And if they don't clear certain things with you, then the tone of your house is all messed up and combobulated. That's something you need to work on for 2024, because this is the thing. Regardless of how childlike your spouse is, just because they act childlike, it's just a part of their personality. They don't want to be treated like a child. Everybody wants to be respected as the adult that they are, right? Even the most childish adults don't want to be disrespected. And so the fact that you would use that as a spouse, whether that's the husband or the wife, that would use as example and use that as your reasoning as to why you treat your spouse the way that you treat them. Um... I want to re- I just want to reiterate something that I learned in therapy. Now this will only work for those who are in the spirit of reception of this, right? When you are receptive to something that you know is for you and you're willing to say, "Okay, you know what? She's right. Let me find a way to work through that." When I started going to therapy, I want to say this had to be this had to be a good couple of years ago. So, this was around the time that my mother-in-law had passed. And actually this was right before, this was before she had passed. So this was in that season that she was getting sick and things were happening. And as I was going to therapy for my own personal issues, I w- this wasn't marital counseling. There was things that were being, that I had brought up to my therapist and my therapist was, you know, she worked through it and we had come to the conclusion that certain things needed to have a change level and it's going to have to be a change level or we were headed to divorce. Now, I did not need my therapist to tell me that my husband and I were headed to divorce because I could, the writing was legitimately on the wall. So my my therapist said, now, if you show up into the space of your marriage and you treated your spouse the way you think that if you leave this marriage, the marriage that I was in, my marriage, right? If I think that once I leave, I'm going to heal, I'm going to get better, I'm going to do all these things and then I'm going to meet somebody else and I'm going to treat that person with all kinds of love and respect and kindness and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. My therapist let me know, well, if you can do that with someone that you think is new, why don't you show up to your marriage when you hear or you see something about your spouse that you don't necessarily like? Acknowledge that, but then find how do you show up in that same type of space, maybe differently. And are you showing the same attributes? So therefore, I instead of me pointing my finger at what my husband was or wasn't doing, I started to figure out how can I work on myself during the things that were happening. Now, that does not mean like if my husband was going upside of my head and I had to say to myself, where would I be hitting my spouse below the belt and things like that? Yes, I could do that. Yes, absolutely. But it doesn't take away from the fact that he would have had hit me. Now, let me be clear. This was an example. My husband is not hitting me. I do not need y'all sliding into my I am not um, a victim of domestic violence. And I definitely treat victims of domestic violence with the utmost respect. This was just strictly an example. Now, I started to show up in my marriage the way I thought that or the way I would think that I would show up if I had started afresh. Because during the time when this was going down, my marriage was at a puff of smoke at that point. And I showed up and I started to just do my own inner work, like stop being responsible for him and just start focusing on myself. And that helped me tremendously, but it helped our marriage tremendously because I didn't, I wasn't looking at how he could be the blame for all the things. I started to work on the things that I needed to work on in re- regards to what he had, right? In regards what he had going on, that helped us. And again, with my own personal therapy. And then eventually, yeah, we did go to marital counseling together. We did all the things. But I say all that to say, sometimes the person that we're closest to, especially when they're a spouse, they just mirror us and it doesn't always look good. And if you find that you're disrespecting your spouse, I mean, truly know that you're disrespecting. And some people say, well, I didn't know that I was disrespecting. Ask yourself, if you were in your spouse's shoes and you were doing what you were doing to them that was happening to you and it was flipped, how would you be receptive? If your spouse was talking down to you and they said, well, I was talking down to you because you act that way, would you be okay with that? Oh, I was cheating on you because of the way that you act, I was acting that way. I was talking to you that way because the way you act, you opened and invited that in that type of environment, you opened and invited that type of behavior. Our spouses are not our children. And so I got, we got to get to the point where if, if you're struggling and giving your spouse the same level of responses that you know, you wouldn't be okay with, you got to work on that in 2024. You can't justify, like the second you go to justify bad behavior, you already are losing. And I need you to win. I need you to win in your interpersonal relationships. I need you to win in the fact that you can be confident to know, like, I know that I'm treating my spouse well. I need you to work on that. Some of the other things that we don't see as goals, but they should really be goals is how do you talk to yourself? For instance, I have lumps and bumps, things that I just, you know, I'm like, mm, girl, tight. let's tighten that up 2024, right? But if I go and I'm putting myself down, like I'm legitimately putting myself down and I'm literally getting myself to the point where I don't see the good in me, right? I don't see good. I see, well, you're too this, you're to that, you're not enough. And if I'm always highlighting these things that are not good enough, not because other people are telling me that, but because I'm legitimately treating myself as that, that I have to work on in 2024. That is something that you would want to put on your list to work on. Because why in the world would you want to talk down to yourself? You wouldn't be okay with anyone else talking down to you. But we do it to ourselves all the time. I'm too fat to wear a nice dress. There's a vent coming on. You want to go somewhere. You want to look nice. And you'll say, I'm just too fat. You might have to find the dress that fits your body a certain way. And trust me, I've seen almost every body type. And there is beauty in every body type. I mean that. But instead, we'll put ourselves down. Work on that this year. You're more than capable of accomplishing the goals of fixing your inner work. Now, let me be clear. You can't just simply write down your goal and then just say, I'm good, right? I want to lose more weight in 2024, right? That's your goal. You can't simply write it down. It's not a wish list. You actually have to do the work. What does doing the work mean? It means instead of saying just, I'm going to lose weight in 2024. How about we set a goal? How about I say, I'm going to lose seven pounds in the first three months or so of 2024. And in order to do that, my follow-up plan to that is to go through my cabinets and see the items that I have in there and decide which nutrients and base things that I want to keep and which things I don't, right? And which I can give away. Or I'm going to bring in more fruits and vegetables. I'm going to do more portion control. I'm going to find ways to have a healthier relationship with food. Maybe I'm going to see my nutritionist and talk about the ways in which I eat. Sometimes maybe you're an angry eater. and So you'll say, when I go to find myself angry and my first instinct is to put you know food in my belly maybe i'll decide to get some water and i'll decide to write in my journal and process those feelings prior to just simply eating that's a goal that's a goal it takes something physical it recognizes that something physical is can be a manifestation of stuff that we have going on in our inside and instead of just simply a goal that we simply write down now we have a plan to make the the goal happen for every goal what are you going to do to get that goal For instance, you know, every year I always say I'm going to increase how many companies I pitch. So it's not enough to just say I'm going to pitch more. What I said was I'm going to pitch five companies per month and not just any company in my niche, which is wellness. So that could be travel. That could be um, working with wellness products. It could be a gamut of things. I'm going to pitch 5 companies per month and in the pitch i'm not going to just simply say hi my name is little toy i'm a lifestyle and wellness blogger i would love to collaborate collaborate with you no i believe that i can bring this value to you and i feel like we can work together because right and have my media kit ready, have my media things ready for when the second level of email comes, when I do my follow-up, I can say, here are my rates. Here is my media kit, a real tangible plan, not just simply I'm gonna pitch more because what does more mean? Let's give it a number. For me, I gave it five. I'm gonna pitch five companies per month and newsflash, I've already set up the five to go out for January. So let me just say this. If you are like, okay, you're you're a content creator or you're, you know, I'm, I know I need to pitch more, so I'm going to be ready to pitch and you're feeling the spirit right now. So you got your letters and everything written up. You, you're you ready to go. I want you to think about this. Most people are coming back from Christmas break. Most companies have given most of the employees off for about a week or so going from Christmas into New Year's. Do not have any pitches go on January the 2nd. I know that you want to be one of the first consider, consider holding the pitches until at least January the 9th for about nine or 10 o'clock in the morning to go out. And the reason why is you allow people to come back from break, you allow them to clear out their email, and then you then get focused on making sure that the pitch goes in. And if you're using Gmail, this is just a little bit of help. If you're using Gmail, you can legitimately set the date and the time that you want the pitch to go out. That gives you time to build that pitch, that gives you time to read over your pitch, that gives you time to make sure that you're researching the companies by which you want to pitch. These are taking simple goals that I have and that you may have and learning how to work smarter, not necessarily harder. The harder that you work doesn't mean that you're going to get all these different results. It's about learning how to give yourself the the grace that you actually need to get all of the things that you could possibly need done. I want that for you, right? And so that is the type of goal setting that I need you to think about when you're talking about setting resolutions or setting goals for 2024. It's no longer okay to do a vision board and write a bunch of words on there, have pictures and all these other things. Your backup to that, in addition, not even your backup, but in addition to your vision boards, in addition to your goal setting, is what are you going to do to make it happen? have your goals that you're going to set for the week. For instance, I've already set my 2024 January pitches, right? I have the five pitches that I'm going to fit to pitch for the month. I have the emails ready to go. They're set with a date and time. And in addition to that, I also write down. Now, once the email goes out, I'm going to send a follow-up email on this date. So you go in, you make your email, you do your follow-up and you have it ready to go, right? Which that's my weekly goal. My monthly goal is I set out my five. I did my five. My weekly goal is to do a follow up. Um, my other goal is to then make sure that I'm aligning with other companies that I like and I truly love to work with. Um, and that's a simple goal. Let's say for let's go back to weight. Okay, I'm managing my weight. I want to get better. I want to get healthier. So my goal for the month is to maybe um, write out my dates that I'm going to do my workout. And when something happens and that date doesn't come or the date comes and I don't work out, then I put an alternative date in there. Right. And I also go in for my week and I say, okay, I worked out my four days for this week and I'm going to add in my rest days. And I'm also going to make sure that I take one self-care event. Maybe I'll go to the sauna and I'll do like a 30 to 40 minute session once a month. These are ways to add in, the security of knowing you're doing what you're supposed to do on a daily, on a weekly and a monthly basis. If you do not own a planner and you feel like planners are the dumbest thing in the whole nation, I can understand that. Now, it's not from, it's for me. It may not be for you, but it's for me. How many planners does do I have? I have two um, paper planners, which means book planners, regular traditional planners. And I have the digital planner on my laptop. And then I use my calendar on my phone to set alerts and to make sure that my calendar links up with my husband so we can be where we're supposed to be in our Uber pair life. These are just small techniques going into the new year that will help you. If you deal with mental health care, meaning you, you know, you have some level of anxiety, maybe you have depressive modes. For me, you know that this is something that I've talked about before. I have seasonal depression. So I have my tools ready. I have my lamp that goes with that can go onto my laptop and I can use that for 30 minutes or up to an hour per day. That helps to guide my thought process and make sure that I'm seeing that, that artificial light that's helping me to trick my brain and to making sure that I can see light of day. I open up my blinds every single day to even if it's rainy day, or even if it snows, so that I can have light comes into the home. I'm checking in with some of my friends by whom I have designated as my check-in partner. And I contact them and we discuss how are we doing this week, right? And then in addition, I'm going to get active, making sure that I'm staying active and I'm writing in my journal. This year, if you find that you're like, okay, I have this journal, but I don't really, I'm not as consistent as I want to be. I want you to put that on your calendar. I want you to set that as your goal. Um, for me, I said, okay, I'm going to read more. Now I read a lot, but I'm going to read more. So I was intentional when I, my husband and I were talking about Christmas gifts. I went in and I found on Amazon, I found the magnetic um, bookmarks. I found a new light so that when I'm upstairs and my husband is watching TV and I'm reading my book, I'll have a special light that can go clip right onto the book. I can read it, I can have that focus, and I can get done what I achieved or what I set out to do. These are ways to go to do some really goal setting when it comes to 2024. Goals can be hard. Goals can be difficult, you know, sometimes setting goals, you know, especially some goals when you feel like you've dropped it or you've missed it or you missed the mark. Like if there's something in your 2023 and you feel like you didn't accomplish that, add it to 2024, but let's add a little sprinkle of a plan. You know, when I was in the choir um, back in the day, so this is when I was at Penn State, there was a song that we sang and it was called Write the Vision and Make it Plain that They May Run and Not Faint. Um, Though the vision may... I think it's made something for a while or basically, if you fail, get your behind back up and (laughs) succeeded again. I can't think of the words offhand because, you know, as a choir baby, there's probably three songs that kind of sound the same. And I'm thinking about all three, but write the vision, make it plain. Um, And, and, and that's simply meant write it down (laughs) and making it plain means how are you going to get there? I want you to take your 2024 goals into consideration. I want you to make sure that you're honoring yourself as much as you possibly can. To not just write a wish list, we're not wish. This ain't no wish list. This is my work list. What am I going to do to get there? If I want to lose a certain amount of weight, what am I willing to do? Am I willing to give up? If it's something that I want, if I want to do more in social media world, what am I willing to give up? What am I willing to put in? You know, a lot of people say that social media people, you know, i.e. the content creators, they are not really working. But baby, I have a calendar specifically just for content. When my content goes up, it's not doing it just kind of like helter skelter. It's not just being thrown up there. It's literally a planned out calendar, Right. It takes work to make sure that I have the stuff edited. I have everything, the caption ready, the the everything together to show up every single time. Now, sometimes I can show up once a day. Sometimes I give you two and three posts a day, but whatever it is, it's work. It's being aware. It's being cognate. So I want you to take your goals. I want you to be successful in them, but I also want to make sure that you have a plan to make those goals happen. All right. Now, if you live in the Philadelphia area, you should know that Ain't Too Proud is coming out at the Kimmel Center. I am excited for this. The show is coming January the 3rd and it will be here from the 3rd to the 21st. Um, you should know this story by now, but maybe you don't, and it's all good. You don't have to. You may not have never heard, but if you've not, if you have heard, then you know the Temptations are sort of a big deal. We absolutely adore and love them, their music, the story behind the fame, and the show Ain't Too Proud is legitimately bringing that story to life. Now, I have done a lot of interviews of which I am super proud of. And I'm super proud of this one. I got to interview E. Clayton Cornelius and he is playing Paul Williams. Um, he is a Grammy winning Broadway TV veteran actor of 25 25- years years he's worked on the west end of london he has done nine and a half broadway shows and this marks his 10th broadway national tour which is no easy feat trust me on top of acting he is now a five-year broadway investor and producer he made his broadway producing debut in 2021 and was recently nominated for his first tony award in 2023 as a co-producer He is a graduate of PPU and is currently getting his second degree, his second degree in business management at EGCC. He is grateful to his friends, his family, and God. And I am extremely excited to have him on the podcast today. Now we'll preface that there is, or there could be some A little bit of sound issues because I actually recorded it away from my laptop, which I super duper apologize. But if you just want to listen, and we talked about the show, um, what he brings to this role being that he plays Paul Williams. In addition, how did he, you know, prep for this role? Um, We talked about what he does for self-care and what I loved is that his self-care, I've heard a lot of answers over the years. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I always ask every guest what their self-care routine is. And his, one of his answers is one of the most unique I've never heard um, anyone talk about using the casino for self-care. Now this obviously means it, it's gotta be somebody that has self-control who does not have a gambling addiction But doing something that you love, even when it's something like gambling, because you enjoy it, not because you're addicted, is a great thing if you can take that break away from the things that you're doing. So I found that to be interesting. So I want you to listen into the interview and I will come back because I want you to know that if you were in the Philadelphia area, anytime between January 3rd and the 21st, the Kimmel Center has Ain't Too Proud. And let me just say it's a great way to start off 2024 in theater. I've been covering theater for the last couple of years, and I, I I'm so excited. Like my husband's excited, I'm excited. We are all excited to see this show. So, without any further ado, thank you, E. Clayton Cornelius. All right,
1: conversations with family. Uh, toy family. We have an amazing guest today. We have uh, Eve. Clayton Cornelius, he is here, and he is playing Paul Williams in uh A2 Prodigy, which is a story he's talking about the temptation loosely based on their life. And I am so excited to have you. So thank you for being here. Uh
2: oh, thank you for having me. It's nice to be here.
1: Thank <laughs> you. So what can you tell me without giving me too many details? I really just want to know about role.
2: Um, in the show is and what that means. I mean, I, I I play one of the Temptations. I play Paul Williams, which uh is if, if people know um is the choreographer of the bunch, um so he came up with uh, a lot of the dance moves that the Temptations did, and um you know he like any other uh, member of the group had you know uh his problems, and um I do represent the story of the alcohol addiction in the in the in the in the um in the group and um and my journey of how i was best friends with eddie kendrick rose to stardom with the temptations and then slowly started letting things um and the group eat at me and the way i coped with that was through alcohol and um uh, a little bit of sex addiction as well um and i kind of kept it the way, I mean, the way we portray it is that I I kind of keep it a secret, kind of. Like, I do it all on my own, but no one's to them. But obviously, it starts to come out through the performances, and they try to get me help. And then I uh, I don't want to tell you how I died if no one knows, but let's just say it's tragic. Yeah. So, you know, and, yeah, um, you know, I'm you know not gonna it's... I'm, it's... Gonna...
1: I'm, not gonna say I'm sorry. I said, I do
2: know, but I'm not going to tell
1: anything either. I said, I do know, <laughs> but I definitely am not going to say anything either.
2: <laughs> right. Don't no say that. Don't no say that. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, how did the how did you prepare for this particular role?
2: I mean, I I was fortunate enough to be a part of the 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 original Broadway production of this show, so I was right there in the very beginning, sort of creating the show. Um, I didn't play Paul Williams at that time. I played uh, Richard Street, which is another Temptation who takes over for Paul, actually. And it's so very fitting that I am now playing the role of Paul. I was originally um, uh, up for the role of Paul when it originally happened. Uh, I didn't get it, obviously, but I was still part of the show, which was was which was a great thing. Um, so, I mean, we did a lot of um, dramaturgy, if you want to call it, or you know, research on the show and the temptations that we actually had otis williams in the room and shelly berger in the room the original manager in the room so we got to ask them a lot of questions as we put the show together and you know they they both still follow the show they both still visit but we did get a particularly lot of personal time with those two men during the beginning of the show so we we got a lot of questions answered you know
1: what do you, I mean, how, I mean, how are you able to bring that level of emotion? Because for those who've seen the movies, um, that have been portrayed before, they know that the level of emotion that comes in with this particular, especially with your part, um, how did you bring that level of emotion into the scenes that you definitely portray?
2: You know what, I, I want to call it experience. Um, you know, we are sometimes called to do a lot of stuff, uh, that is probably beyond us, especially when we're younger, you know, uh, there, uh, I'm the oldest in, in the bunch, uh, on the stage. Um, and, you know, there's some of the younger ones who are dealing with some other tragedies. And I always think to myself, like, how are we all dealing with this? And it, it really comes from personal growth and personal experience. And, um, you know, dealing with being in the business for 25 years as I have. I started when I was 19 and I'm 47 now Um, and dealing with a lot of, um, you know, personal family trauma or things that have happened in my life. I'm pulling from that, you know, and um, I was lucky enough to take over this role on the tour from another um, a colleague and friend of mine, James Lane, who actually dealt with alcohol addiction. So, you know, I, I got to see him through his journey because we're old buddies and friends for almost 20 years as well. So, you know, just there talking about that is I I've seen a lot, I've done a lot and I really bring my own personal journey into the, into a role like this. You have to, there's no other way to do it, to pull from, you know, we all dealing with stuff. So.
1: Absolutely. In addition to the story of The Temptations, what are you hoping that the audience, obviously everybody's going to walk away with something different, but if there was something you could say somebody would walk away from when they see this, what is that?
2: You know, we are predicting a lot of uh, what's happening right now in the world. You know, everything that happened in the 60s, we are kind of still dealing with, which is crazy. You know, these men... um, are navigating through their career through the sixties, you know, through the civil rights movement. And, uh, Dominique Morisot, our writer really writes in a history lesson of, of the sixties and the civil rights and, and how our group dealt with that in the music that we, you know, um, sang at that time, helping, you know, our people. And, um, you know, I want people to take away from this that they learn something, you know, everybody who comes and see the show go, you know, we knew about the temptation, but we didn't know all that we didn't know all the backstory and what happened in between, and I think that's what this show is we fill in the blanks, you know. A lot of people know all the stuff that The temptation sort of like their accolades, like, oh, they got this, they got that, they had number one hit, but they don't know how they came about that number one hit or what happened during those years of singing that hit. So you, we fill in the blanks about what actually happened during this time. And a lot of people are like, I had no idea that all that happened. And you know, most people don't know what's going on in people's worlds, but we kind of fill in the blanks. So I, I, I really love that we do that. So yeah, I hope that I br- we bring that to the people more information about you know these these men.
1: I can't wait to see it. But my question to you is: How do you deal with this touring? Because you do tour, and you're you're on the move. How do you handle being in so many <laughs> different cities, so many different states?
2: Well, let me tell you. It's tiring. <laughs> we tired. No, I mean we. It it, it it is a tiring. Like this. Listen, this business is not for the week, I can tell you that. Um, if you want to be an actor and um, you know, be on Broadway, but also to be on tour and to travel from city to city to city, it can be exciting. Don't get me wrong. You know, we do have our times where we're treated like kings in certain you know cities, and we're going around and we're the big thing that's happening that in that city, but. With this high level show, and just to tell you out there, everybody, we are singing, we are dancing, we are acting like strong from 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 point A to point Z on that stage, you know, we don't stop. And a lot of people don't get it until they actually see it. And a lot of people say, wow, I mean, I'm tired just watching y'all. But we if this um show has a a, a very high level and. um. The caliber of the show, the men in the show, the people and the women who are who play the roles in the show—they're fantastic. Like this is a lot of talent on stage, and I don't think people, a lot of people, like understand it until they actually see it. But um, traveling is a bit hard, you know. We have rehearsals, you know, to to clean up our show, to maintain our show. We're doing the show at night. We're traveling. We're on a plane on our day that's off. And then we only have like a night to recuperate. And then the next day we have a few hours by ourselves, but we're right into a sound check into the next city doing, you know, going into a strange theater we've never been in, you know, training dressers who've never seen us before ever, and then doing a show and then doing it all over again the next week in another town. So it it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting. I'm not going to lie.
1: How do you deal with now that we're in the holiday season? Do you have like off times so when you can go home? Like how does that all
2: work? Well, sometimes you know I I like to say that we are the entertainment for the average Joe. Mm-hmm. So when you know when the average Joe from the regular nine to five is off doing holiday stuff, we are the entertainment for that holiday for that for that person. So we don't really get too much of a holiday off. Uh, there are some shows that do allow us to go home for, you know, a few days for the holidays and we shut down for those days. And then sometimes we are the entertainment. You know, if, if no one's doing something on Christmas, if you happen to be Jewish, you don't celebrate Christmas or whatever the case may be, you know, you go to the show and we are there doing the show. So I've gotten to spend a lot of years without celebrating with my family, which is something that you do as a performer, as an actor, you know, um, to know that. You're not going to be around all the time during important holidays. But as you get into the business um, and uh, you're, I guess, um, uh, seasoned, as I guess I could say that I am, um, you know, you negotiate and take off time if you need to. And I'm sure they, you know, people understand like, oh, you know, he has his own thing going on. So, you know, it's it's not horrible, but, you know, I'm getting to see my family this this Christmas uh, for two days, 24th and 25th. And then I'm back to work on the
1: 26th. Well, we appreciate it. Cause I can't wait to see it. I will be there. Um, for sure. Now, my last question is the holidays can be stressful for so many of us. And I say us because everybody has something like you said, everybody's dealing with stuff. How do you handle your own personal self-care and your own mental health when it comes to life in general, and especially with being on the tour?
2: Uh, you know, I, I, I have my own personal mantras that I live by, you know, in the years that I've been doing this. And, um, one of them is to take care of yourself, you know, to do you, I, I, it, there's a lot of Oprah things and, and, um, <laughs> that I kind of quote back to, um, but, you know, I remember us talking just earlier, just about Philly and coming to Philly, um, that I actually escaped. A lot of the times I drive down to Philly um, uh, from New York uh, to sort of get away, go shopping. I, I like gambling a little bit. Um, uh, so I like to visit the casinos down there. I like to go to Atlantic City and do massages, have a spa weekend. I, I really have to take care of myself and do spa, good dinners, um, stuff like that, and then do a little gambling or whatever. But that's that's how I take care of myself. And I have to remember to take care of myself on the road, you know, and have, um, you know, we all have colleagues or people that we tend to click with, and then there's others that we don't. And you have to just, you know, be mindful to um, do you, you know, on the road and, and make sure that you're happy first before others, you know, um, and don't really spread yourself too thin. Uh, but I I take my time out to spend time with the people I love on this tour and we do little dinners and stuff together. And other times it's all about self-care and staying home and and really, you know, making sure that my mental health is good so that I can continue to do a show like this.
1: Amazing. So for question, I do have to um, be careful to a new year, if you could get a dream role That
2: you've never played before what would that dream role be oh my gosh i really don't know a dream role i mean i'd like to be um on a tv show or in a movie (laughs) with like denzel or something (laughs) but you know or viola davis oh my god to to be in any show with viola my god come on i i would love to be like I mean, that how to get away with murder, I wish I was on that show with her, you know, doing that thing. But yeah, I, I would like to seriously, seriously do something with Viola Davis. That would be sort of a dream. So if you're hearing this Viola, I wanna be uh, you know, <laughs> doing something with you.
1: What happened there?
2: So you said Viola Davis, and you said You know everybody. It. I was just saying, you know, uh, that I really would love to uh, do something with Viola uh, Viola Davis. And if Viola Davis is listening to this, I want to do something with you. Let's do something. I would love to play opposite of you or your son <laughs> or somebody. The uh, brother. You got to put that in the atmosphere. Brother,
1: cousin, anybody right right right. so thank you listen to viola she is amazing she's absolutely amazing
2: amazing. she is amazing
1: so um my uh final thing is first of all thank you for your time and Uh, we cannot wait to see the show Uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing and i will be there to see it i will be bringing someone my daughter a kid a husband somebody one of them will be there somebody no, will be yeah, yeah. Plus one, but i can't believe.
2: yeah yeah it's gonna be good
1: all right anything left for anything last to say to the to the people who are listening
2: no just people of philly like come on out support uh the temptations and uh see this fantastic show um i, I would have to say if you don't come and see it and your people are talking about it at work or, or your friends and you are the only person who didn't see it, don't say I didn't tell you so.
1: <laughs> Agree. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. All right, we are done. Was, i don't know what that was but yeah it was getting
2: it. a little slicey dicey at the end but i hope it, it came out okay
1: well I'll listen to it and play it back i think it should be fine up because i'm going to extract the sound the video is neither here or there
2: okay all right
1: so thank you so much and no, have thank a
2: good day thank you you too bye-bye
0: All right, what did you think of the episode? I honestly hope that something that you heard, whether it was about goals, um, really resonated with you. Maybe something that you heard E. Clayton Cornelius talk about resonated with you. Either way, I hope that you were inspired um, to not only complete your goals, not only to go for what you want, not only to see this amazing show Ain't Too Proud, but in addition that. You get inspired to take whatever you heard me say about certain goals and it's never to say this is the goals you have to have. I only gave like three, four examples of goals, but I definitely showed you how to break it down so that you can learn how to take your goals and make a plan and hopefully that helps you in your 2024. Um, And I hope that when I make lists for people, people always think that my list is like finite. It's not. The goal for me making lists for you is that you will be able to take that list and inspire you to expand my 2024 goal list is way longer than the goals examples that I gave today, trust and believe. But as long as my goals are, I also have a plan to make the goals happen without overwhelming myself. I want you to sprinkle a little bit of grace, sprinkle some grace in between your goal setting, because I know for a fact as how focused you are. You're going to run against some challenges while you're trying to get things done. And I would be amiss to not say that. I would be amiss to say that you're not going to have hiccups on your plan. I would be amiss to say that your goal is then you may get discouraged along the way. There's nothing wrong with feeling discouraged as long as you don't allow yourself to stay there which means you're human, you're living in a human body and having a human experience. If you feel defeated because something you, you made a goal, you had a plan, you worked that plan super hard, but didn't see no harvest from it. I don't want you to just give up. I know that's the first thought process that is going to come to you, but I want you to dust yourself off and get right back up. Um, thank you for rocking out with conversations with toy. This is the last episode of season nine. I will have season 10, um, in another couple of weeks. I'll let you know when I will debut that in the meantime, I'm hoping that you take care of your mental health. It's okay to not be okay. And if you need some guidance about that, cause I feel like we always say it's okay to not be okay, but what does that look like? It looks sometimes a hot mess. And I need you to understand that even when you show up and you show up and you feel like you're like, you have hit sort of like the rock bottom moment, because I've had, let me just say this one more time. I have had several rock bottom experiences and they feel dark and they feel gloomy and they feel debilitating. But what I do know now that I've come out onto the other side, I know that now, and it's true for me now, I know that I'm going to come out on the other side. I know it's going to be some work to be done. I know there's going to be some times where I have to pull myself up sometimes. And I know sometimes it can feel lonely, but I know that there's another side to this. And I know that if you just not give up and continue doing what you need to do, that you can make any, and I mean anything happen for you and it will work out for your good, especially When you have good intentions and you take those intentions and you work on them, because let me just tell you, you can have a plan, you can work that plan, you can work hard and have everything go to hell in a handbasket, but I don't want you to give up. It's easy to give up. It's harder to keep working. I want you to keep working because you are worthy. I love you guys. I will see you back in another couple of weeks for season 10, episode one. But for now, this is season nine. I believe this is like episode 18, 19. I think there's 18 episodes in this, um, in this section. So this is actually uh, episode 19. So 19 episodes in season nine. That makes sense. I probably should have went one more to make it even 20, but here we are. This is the last episode of 2023. I welcome you with the spirit of 2024 um, because we're talking about goals. Even though the podcast is not here, I will be sharing and sprinkling in some more um, knowledge of my goals and some more ways to help for you to help you with your goals. I've also included this week's blog because in this week's blog, I talk about a couple of extra goals that you should be working on And some other new plans So I try to give you A little bit of a thorough You know I'm a, This is a blog cast, Right And I blog cast, I sprinkle in some of the blog And I sprinkle in some of the podcast. It works together So Thank you so much Go see Ain't Too Proud I'ma be in the building I already got my tickets I need you to get your tickets Because it's important for you To see this show unfold One thing about it It's gonna be one Singing dynamic I've heard nothing But great things about this show um, So Go see it If you're here in the Philadelphia area From January 3rd through the 21st. I wish you well into your 2024. Thank you for rocking out 2023. Thank you for rocking out for these nine seasons. We're about to come up on season 10. I'm excited and I'm sending you love. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy.